heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. It was a strange deal, people, this whole lockdown in a serious mode. And when it all happened and, you know, we heard the message from the president at that time, uh, Trump, and it was like, okay, we're just going to take two weeks and we're all going to, I mean, it was like, wow, this thing is really, we're going to shut down for two weeks. And I shared that with you before, you know, you'd walk in the neighborhood and you'd you'd even see the local dog park locked up. Like with a, I mean, for real, they'd have it locked up with a a chain and a lock there and you you couldn't get in the dog park for heaven's sakes. They took the the courts off the basketball courts and the public spaces and the, uh, you know, the volleyball nets and you couldn't play any of that. It was, you need to lock down, stay in your home for two weeks. We're going to flatten that curve, that nasty curve. And once we get just over that curve, we will be back to normal. That was the message. You all remembered. I'm not making that up. That is a fact, what I tell you right there. Look it up if you have any questions. There it is. Now, what they didn't tell us is what does that normal look like that will be back to normal? What does the new normal look like, right? What is that all about? Now, I did a show early on with this. You might have heard. It was quite in your face. Um, Not that most of my shows are that way, obviously. This one was called The Virus Threats as a Weapon. Did this back in March 2020, by the way. Do you remember that one? And it's on podcast. Uh, uh, it, it got a lot of ripples, a lot of attention. And, uh, and, and it, it went like this. You know, you heard reports of the seafood meat market in Wuhan as the initial spark that caused the pandemic. You might even have seen a bat in the soup that some suggest is the cause of the virus. Early reports also say that animal-to-human contact was the seed of COVID-19. Well, all the early reports and conspiracies circulate in a pure fiction, I say here. Intelligence sources say otherwise. And the questions we posed is, so how did China come by the coronavirus and that they so sloppily allowed to fall to the floor and shatter in their bio lab in Wuhan? And of course, we get into this is kind of biological espionage, could be a bestseller thriller novel kind of thing, I guess. But the question you have to ask yourself, you know, there's talk about Fauci predicting this in the past or some of the other people come and they are they're on. You can see them in recordings and videos. You know what I'm talking about, uh, where he actually comes out and says he's predicting there will be a kind of a virus from China kind of thing. Amazing how brilliant these people are, isn't it, that they could predict that very prophetic, very, very prophetic. Some of these cats are. Either that or they're part of the evil club. Uh, I don't know which. But there were some other people that also were doing some predictions and in various interesting ways or had the thought. I don't know how they come up with a thought process. I don't know. And so one of those gentlemen you'll meet today. And so let me set the tone here and welcome you to the voice of a nation. We have uh, really, I think it's going to be a pretty amazing couple hours coming up here. You'll want to stay through to this whole episode here because we have a terrific guest up front here. Author Michael McCarthy will be joining us here uh, in talking about this interesting novel, which we'll tell you about in a moment. And then also later in the program, Dr. Peter Bregan will be here. He's an MD, 
and uh, he's got a uh, he's got a, a, a it's not out yet, but he's got a blistering book coming out. COVID nineteen and the global predators. We are their prey. Wow. Uh, this is fascinating as well. And of course, we have Team Nation here as well. So we'll have some great conversations today, my fellow Americans. And uh, uh, buckle your seatbelt probably here as we get started for sure here. Let me, uh, let me bring you on here now. And let's, let's open it up and bring on uh, author Michael McCarthy. And, I, and I'm excited to have Mike on the line here with us. I'll tell you why. He's a new writer, author, columnist, if you will, for America Out Loud. So you'll see his columns a couple of times a week up there. He's a great writer. He's always getting to those, um, those pivotal points, things we want to talk about at the water cooler. And some people are afraid to talk about. He's not afraid to talk about them. He'll put them out in the columns for you, and you'll catch that all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Now, what's happened here is... Um, uh, so, uh, Mike, uh, you, you are, uh, again, you have a series of books. I guess I'd call it a trilogy at this point. I'm not sure if you're doing it anymore, but it started with the NOAA option back in 2010. And this was, uh, you kind of were seeing, uh, as you say here, the acceleration of big government, control in politics, business, and culture. Now, I'm going to see uh, say, as you say that back in 2010, Mike, that was in the Obama years. Is that when you seen, because our liberties were definitely being tested then. Is that kind of, was that the moment where your eyes were awakened to this thing? Yes, Malcolm, it was. Um, I, I could, all you have to do is turn on the nightly news even that far back and you see this creeping encroachment of government little by little, they're nibbling away at our freedoms and imposing more and more regulations at the local level. And so I decided to write a novel about it that one of the ways to educate is through fiction where the, uh, the notions are embedded. So I decided to write a novel showing what will America look like when government controls everything? Right, right. And that's kind of where we've been. It seems to be like where we're headed. You know, I want to tell you here, Mike, back at that time in 2010, as your reference here. So I was on a national radio and a lot of the networks. This is before uh, America Out Loud now and all of that, because we just celebrated five years here. So if you do the math, that would surely be before that. I was just leaving the corporate boardrooms then, actually. So this is just over 10 years ago. So I was I was still in the corporate boardrooms, there, but just getting ready to leave. And, uh, and I remember Barack Obama, in fact, one of the reasons I went on national radio was to use my voice to get the information out that, the, you know, you remember Paul Revere, the British are coming, the British are coming. I was running around uh, the country saying, the Marxists are coming, the Marxists are coming. And that was Barack Obama, of course, back in 2010. I was really unsettled with his uh, administration. And I went on the network, a lot of the radio outlets, uh, and railed against him and railed against this overreach of big government that uh, Mike McCarthy is talking about here. So a lot of us kind of seen this coming. We were unsettled. Even back there in the early days of Obama, we didn't really embrace the hope and change because it was littered with a lot of garbage. Uh, and we knew what they were sort of up to. And then you've seen a lot of the cats he put into government and big office overreach, all that kind of thing. It got us all a little nervous here. Now, the, you call this, what I want to get to the crux of this thing, we got government overreach, let's put that over here, but, but here's, let's get right to the, I think the, the, the million dollar point here with Mike McCarthy, and, and this, is, this is pretty wild here, and I, I got to find out, because I've never asked him this, and I'm curious to ask him right with you all as well, so we can find out together. So, Mike wrote a book about a deadly virus that would be unleashed on Americans, unsuspected Americans, if you will. And he wrote a novel on this thing, okay? It, it wasn't supposed to come true. 
And he called that the rainbow option. Now, let, let me give you the date on this. He, he wrote this in 2014, 2014. That's when he wrote this. Now, Mike, what would have given you any sense? I mean, was this just pure fun and games? Just, you know, just a crazy, wacky, wild, never come true idea you had? Or was there some impetus as to why you were writing this book about a virus that was going to uh, take us down? Well, I, uh, again, following the headlines of the uh, creeping government control, all these various liberal groups, right. their common theme, as you well know, Malcolm, is how can we extend our control? So with some of the uh, stories already out at that time about developing biological weapons and some of these uh, uh, do-gooder groups saying there's too much population on the earth and we have to uh, reduce the earth's population and, and so forth, when in fact there's the green revolution, the original green revolution was in crop technology um, and, and there's sufficient technology there to, to keep up with world population with growing enough food. Uh, nevertheless, these groups wanted to reduce the population. Mm -hmm. So with some of the references to biological warfare and these various uh, new viruses being developed in labs, you were just, following a lot of that? You were following it? I was following some of that, and I just said, uh, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> or I, you had a I gut feeling, it. Mike. You had a gut they're feeling. Going, they're going to take that and use it against people. So in my fictional world that I projected from 2014, right. many of which is coming true now, including the use of a virus, um, these non-governmental uh, groups uh, invented, developed a virus that they called Earth Purge. Let's purge the earth of excess population. And then when there was political resistance to their government control in the United States, they unleashed it on Americans as a way of controlling them and killing their opposition. Uh, so that becomes part of the, um, the plot of the book. So when you really wrote this back then in 2014, now, it's, give me really looking back into your soul, give me an honest answer here with this. I'm, I'm sure all your answers are honest, but this is a tough one. Uh, did you feel at that moment when you wrote this that did you really have a sense that this might come true? I mean, is that it? Well, um, <laughs> there are a lot of things I hoped wouldn't come true, but uh, so many of them have come true just by projecting forward from current trends. It's not, people ask me, where do I get my ideas? Well, all I have to do is turn on the nightly news. There they are. And you just project them forward, project that trend forward uh, and show this is what's gonna happen at some point in the future. So of course I hoped it wouldn't happen, but- um, But you knew it could. When you got socialist leftists who wanna control people, they can't help themselves. Mm -hmm. Here, Here's a virus, so here, yeah. as we know now, Fauci was helping to fund this lab in Wuhan to develop this virus. And maybe it was accidentally released ahead of their schedule, but we can see what the potential is as a biological mm -hmm. weapon. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you if you know the answer. When, when did Fauci make the comments? I know he's recorded. He's, he's on tape actually predicting this thing. Do, do you have any idea roughly about what year that was? Uh, no, 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 I don't. Not Kathy, Kathy, let me ask Kathy. Kathy, do you know about what year that was? 
that Fauci was saying that? Any idea? I'm almost positive it was 2017, but I doubt myself only because of the fact that that was after Trump was in office. Um, uh, doesn't mean it wasn't, but I, it wasn't either long before he went in office uh, or uh, after. I think you might be right. That rings a bell to me as well. Probably listeners know, some of you out there know, but I, I think it was closer to 2017, but it was well before this thing ever hit the light of day uh, when it was happening. And I remember it was late in that year. It was late in the year before election. And the the really wild story here is that we were doing remarkably well as a nation, I'm really killer. I mean, Trump had it all. I mean, now they were attacking Trump. I mean, they were all over him like fleas on a dog here, you know? I mean, they were trying to take Trump down and out big time. We know that, right? Everybody knows that, left and right. And uh, But they weren't being successful. And of course, he had an amazing economy. But you remember that? I, In fact, I always refer to you out there like back uh, last November, I would say. Do you remember I would say that? Last November, I would say. Now, it's not this last November. It would be the November before, right, Mike? Right. Well, you mean November 2020 or right, right. When did the virus come in? I mean, we've been well over a year now. We've been right. We're on the second cycle here. Correct. Yeah, it was yeah. uh, what? Maybe March of 2020. 2020. Right. So what I'm saying, it was the November. It was the November before then. So 2019. And, but, you know, that the, the year before the election, it was like, wow, like we were really humming along. And I would always reference yeah, that. So listen, economy was great. And yeah. the the opposition, the Democrats and the socialists and the leftists threw everything they could at him with the impeachment and with this, that and the other, and nothing stuck. And we were roaring ahead. And so finally, they got this virus, which enabled them to call for this mail-in balloting and so forth. Uh, so, oh, you might catch the virus if you stand in line to vote the way we normally do. So then, of course, um, they remove the transparency where there can be suitcases full of ballots. There can be uh, the, uh, the algorithms that can change the outcome, et cetera. And so I think it just set the stage to uh, steal the election. Yeah. Uh, well, we've seen all that coming. I mean, I would say to you, who would have predicted? But you're right. Uh, we, we, you could see all of that developing. In fact, um, President Trump is on record big time. Uh, uh, speaking about this well before it ever happened, about the election fraud that would be to come. Uh, what I don't understand is why they didn't do more about it to cut it off at the pass. It's like, it's like we were in a runaway train situation where we knew the election was coming. And then they had to remember the whole lineup of Democrats up there. And who, who could have ever predicted that it would have been uh, Joe Biden uh, would be the last man standing is remarkable out of that group. Uh, I mean, he was he couldn't even put a couple of sentences together at that point. He, he, his uh, uh, debate appearances were, were dismal at best. I mean, it was horrible what was going on with that. So nobody could have predicted this, really. But it was like it was like um, the best timing in the world. Everything came together, Mike, at just the right moment of time. Like uh, so you could take an incumbent president out. You know, it's hard to take an incumbent president out. In fact, we don't do it often in our country. Uh, typically, yeah. it's, very, it's very rare. It's on one hand that that's happened. Uh, so it's very, very rare. Usually we give the president the second term to figure it out unless they really screw up. This man had done a lot of great things, but the left was brilliant in tackling using COVID. And China was brilliant as well. But you remember, he really flattened. He, you know, he flattened China. He went after them on everything and really. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, exposed them for what they were. 
Uh, so back to what really happened here, Mike. So with all of this and the virus thing, uh, you know, let, let, the two things I want to try to cover today with our with our both uh, uh, distinguished guests and, and this whole conversation was this. And I'm going to ask you right out here now. The, the question I want to ask you, and I'm going to ask the doctor later on, Do Dr. Bregan, um, was the virus pre-planned? Was this an attempt to take down the West, uh, to change the way people think and act? Sort of like some people would call it a new world order, a global reset. Um, you know, and then you want to almost put the music behind that. Whoa, uh, whoa, uh. Sounds like a conspiracy, right? Whoa, boy. Uh, right. But you hear a lot of that. Was this virus pre-planned, Mike? Well, uh, it may have been a little premature, but in fact, it was it, we can take what actually happened and say um, it, it was a dress rehearsal for the Great Reset. And maybe they maybe it came out a little early, but is working. Uh, because it gave the leftists the pretext to say, now you have to obey us because if you don't do everything we say, you might die of this deadly virus, which of course we now know is not so deadly after all. It's got an incredibly high survival. 99.7 plus. Exactly. But they're conditioning us to, invade, uh, to obey invasive government orders um, that have no basis in law. I mean, there's no law that I know of that says you must wear a mask. Uh, uh, this and that, but they're, they're also able to shut down small businesses, uh, which is the heart and soul of the American economy, mm -hmm. um, whereas allowing the big box stores to stay open because they were able to distance us in a, in a big box store. And of course, a handful of major corporations operating big box, big box stores, uh, whether it's retail or whether it's groceries, it's easier for the government apparatchiks and bureaucrats to control that handful of major corporations as opposed to trying to control millions of mom and pop independent businesses. So what do they do? They shut those suckers down to say, we're in control now. You have to do what we say so or else you might die. So the scare tactic worked. Yeah, fear. Fear is, a, fear is that terrible four-letter word uh, for sure. Um, you know, uh, small business, as you say, Mike, well, it, let me say it is the heartbeat of America. It's the engine that pulls America forward. And it has been decimated. I mean, lives have been destroyed. They'll never come back again. All for the sake that, you know, you might, something might happen to you. Well, something might always happen to us. I mean, that's exactly. the nature of life. I mean, come on, right? There's, a, there's always a risk factor. I, I even coined an acronym, Federal Fear and Intimidation Raids is one little plot element in my book, where you use fear and intimidation as your tactic to control people, which as you know, Malcolm, through your history, mm -hmm. that's what the uh, Soviet group, uh, secret police use, that's what the Nazis with the Gestapo use. It's this uncertainty fear. And of course, now they've spread that out with uh, um, asking your neighbor to rat you out if you've uh, holding a church meeting in your house with more yeah. people gathering than the governor allows and this type of petty control. Oh, they've been very successful at it. The propaganda campaign has been truly, truly successful because what has developed now is people are in fear. You're, you're right, Mike. They are in fear. And it's it's sort of a borderline. It's a fine line between sad and stupidity, Mike. I have a hard time thinking, is it sad or is it stupidity? 
you know, I was telling listeners yesterday, we had a pretty wild ride yesterday on the, on the Voice of a Nation uh, uh, program here. And, uh, you know, I was telling folks, I see somebody, you know, walking, nobody around them within, I mean, I don't know, anybody that I could see with a naked eye, I see Miles, uh, you know, pretty warm day out and they got a mask on. There's nobody even in remote, I mean, not even in, I mean, whatever. I don't even know what to say. Like there's not another human being in their position. And I, you drive by in the car and you see this and they have a double mask on as well, Mike. You can see that. And, you know, I, I, I roll the window down and ask if he's an imbecile. You know, what's the matter with you? You know, of course, I shouldn't be doing that. I, I didn't really do that. Do you think I would do that, Mike? Would I open the window and say that to somebody? <laughs> you would be strongly tempted. I mean, that's exactly yeah, that's a, yeah 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 I, I told us yesterday i did it i really didn't do that you don't you don't think i'm that low do you that i would do that to somebody but i, I was kind of playing along like i did that um you know uh, but these people my point is they're in fear if you're out jogging or bicycling or walking or any of this i mean i wonder do those people wear a mask while having sex you think mike yeah it's it's <laughs> They, they have gone so literal and they're so afraid of social shaming that somebody might say something to them. And this is the other trend uh, with first cousin of uh, a virtue signaling now is social shaming that uh, they have enlisted the entire population or at least the liberal half of the population to help enforce whatever the uh, liberals at the top want us to do by having people uh, rat us out or whatever. I've a long time ago, I invented what I call McCarthy's Law. And McCarthy's Law says that the degree to which power is exercised is inversely proportional to the degree of authority people have. So I've experienced this, and maybe you have too, uh, uh, Malcolm, in a restaurant now. Um, you have to have, wear the mask to get in, but as soon as you sit down, you can take the mask off. But if you get up to go to the restroom, you're supposed to put the mask back on. Or if you get up to go get another glass of water, you're supposed to put the mask back on. And so we have these deputy apparatchiks, the, the servers, when I get up from the table and I'm not fast enough to put that mask back on, they say, sir, sir, please put your mask on. Please put your mask on. And you can see that they are, their tone of voice is like, here's this 18 year old that now gets to exercise authority. Mm -hmm. There's only one piece of authority she's allowed to exercise and that is to demand that I put a mask on, um, but, the, but they're going to use it to the max mm -hmm. because, uh, because now they've got justification for doing it. Well, here's the antidote to that, uh, that I would suggest to you, Mike McCarthy, and I'm very serious when I say this, um, how I get around that for me anyways, is I do not frequent those businesses, those restaurants, those places you will not tell me to put a mask on. I have walked out of better places than that who demanded a mask and you know what, it ain't happening. And I don't walk in with it, I don't walk out with it, and I don't walk in between the restroom breaks with it either. Uh, so I don't do it, I don't, I don't, and I, you know, there was one day I was out there, I was telling listeners, Mike, and we, were, we had a reservation and it was taking my two teenagers, you know, we're going for dinner and um, we got there and they, and it was a, a neat little place. We like to go there and they demanded a mask and the place was busy and we had a reservation. We, we got to have a mask and, and to get to the table. And I said, no, I said, I'm, I 
not doing a mask. I said, absolutely not. Well, we, that's our policy. Well, my policy as a customer is not to participate in your shenanigans. Uh, so I will not be doing a mask. Bye-bye. And I left. Well, we then went to another place. They did the mask thing. I went, do you know, we went to four places that night that all pushed their mask theory. I finally found one off the beaten path. Great little place. And I said, hey, I said, you got room for, you know, uh, for us. We want to come over for dinner. I said, yes, we do. We do. Because it was early in the evening still. I said, great, great. Well, we're headed over now. I said, do you demand the mask thing? Because I'm not doing the mask. No, no, no. We're, we're good. I said, oh, obviously, these people are good. So I went over there. I had a great time. The servers were fat, fabulous. People, the host was terrific. My golly, it, I felt like I was home with family. Didn't give a rat's yeah. ass about the mask. Everything was cool. And uh, but other days, I know the ones that don't do the mask thing. And now they're kind of letting their guard down. The others are as well. I never did the mask thing. I've walked out of the dentist office. I've walked out of stores. I will not go to Costco. I don't do any of that stuff. So I, I won't play, Mike. I'm not playing. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing Good it. Good for you. Good for you. That's the free market in action. Uh, another uh, little incident I refer to in the book, this is something that actually happened years ago about contemporaneous with the book in 2014-2013, there were some federal nutrition inspectors in schools here in North Carolina where a little girl's lunch bag was confiscated because it didn't have a balanced meal. Her mother packed that meal, so she was embarrassed and shamed in front of her little friends, uh, and she was told to eat at the school cafeteria, and her mother would be billed for it. So it was the school lunch Gestapo where they're reaching down you know, people think, oh, well, these controls are on large issues. Well, no, they're in trivial issues. Like, how do you make a sandwich for your child to take to lunch? I mean, that degree of control is just ridiculous. They just can't get enough of telling you what to do. That's exactly it. Yeah, we're speaking with author Mike Michael McCarthy. Mike McCarthy and uh, his books are in the America Out Loud bookstore, by the way. This one we're talking about now where he predicted, it's pretty, pretty wild, friends, when you can predict uh, that it's going to come through uh, true and you write a novel about it back uh, years and years and years before anybody even thought remotely about, I mean, none of us could have really th seen this coming and thought because it was, it was crazy. Well, it was a novel. It was a novel. Uh, novels don't not supposed to come true necessarily. You say fiction, you know, I mean, that's supposed to really happen. Uh, but this one happened. And then we've seen not only the West starting to unravel, but the world become an unglued. And people were taking this to the extreme degree. It is surely one of the big stories to come out of this era historically when we look back at this moment in time to see what we've been through as a people. But you have to be scratching your head right now and wondering, here, here's, here's what I'd like to put out there. If this was a pre-planned event, if they were really trying to take the way, and I know this sounds a little wacky, people. I mean, I get it. But you got to remember where we were at that point. The, the things were, you know, they wanted to get Trump. You remember? I mean, come on, come on. Just rewind the clock. Do you know how many ways uh, to Sunday they tried to take Trump down and out? How many ways? I mean, you don't have enough fingers and toes. You just don't have enough people, okay? I mean, they were after that man, no matter what. They were after we, the people. And there, were, there was a lot of that going on, but they never stopped. They had more, uh, you know, special counsels and uh, gatherings and uh, catastrophes and media blitzes and things he said or didn't say. And all of that was happening, right? I mean, that, that's, that's what was happening there. 
And, and so, you know, all of that was uh, playing out. We seen where we were. Uh, we knew things were, and they really wanted to take us apart. They wanted to take us down. And so how are you going to do that? How are you going to take Trump out? Like I said, if you look back to November before the election, not this past November, the one before, before COVID was ever here, and you take a look where we were, we were in a very good position as a country, as a people. Really, we were. And Trump had his finger on the pulse and he felt very confident. The country felt very confident. We had economic numbers that we'd never seen before. We had economic numbers and minority groups that were historical in nature. Unemployment was incredible numbers, people. The economy was flourishing. People were feeling good about their country. We were being patriotic again. People were actually standing for the flag, putting their hand on the heart. That was now not the football people, essentially the Kaepernick folks. They still, you know, had their head up their backside. But, you know, that's these people are just Marxist in nature. Anyways, they don't they don't appreciate America for what it is. But you, you remember that time back in November of that before all of this. And we were feeling pretty, pretty grooving as a people. And then see, I, I was thinking about this a lot. How would you take a whole group down? How would you take a people down? How would you take a president down? You know, I mean, there are many ways they've tried in the past, as they did with an Abraham Lincoln, uh, right? But, and, you know, a lot of people felt that he was at risk, that uh, things were going along that way. And, and everything was anti, uh, you know, we were very pro-patriotic, very anti-Marxist, anti-socialism, anti-communism, all of that. But it was a moment in time. And you see how much he went after China, right? And, and you see where China was in all this. And, and Xi Jinping was not a happy camper. Uh, you know, they had that first meeting early on in the term at Mar-a-Lago, but he was not happy. And uh, because he went after him with a full court press with the trade deals, and he went after him militarily with, you know, demands, and he just was uncomfortable. Uh, this wasn't playing to the China's new world order at all to be the dominant force. Trump was a cancer to that. He was, he was a fly in the ointment for sure. So, I mean, then you have to question, don't you? So then you ask yourself, well, where's the virus pre-planned? Was an attempt to take down the West? And if not, I have to tell you this, my fellow Americans, conditions were absolutely perfect for all that to happen, like it would happen. That would be like winning the lottery 10, 10 times over and have everything be perfect in your life. For everything to go the way it had to go, for them to take all this down, for Trump to lose, for the Marxists to get in there, to lose the two Senate seats in Georgia, to take over and have the tie break in the Senate, to keep the House, to control the agenda, my golly, you'd have to win every lottery for the rest of your life. Would that really happen in America? Nah, wouldn't really happen, would it? Well, what are they really up to? No, now we can talk a little bit, can't we now? Now that we got all that out of the way, right? We're talking about a global reset here. What are they really looking for? I never really believed in that whole new world order stuff. You know, I don't drink the lemonade, the kumbaya stuff. I think you know that. I'm a realist. So I, I still have a little trepidation with these points of view, these little things I'm putting out there. I don't, I still have to pinch myself to think, are they, are we really talking about this stuff? Cause I, you know, it's, it's a head shaker. It's a, it's a really, really a head shaker people. I'll tell you, listen, we'll take a pause here on the voice of a nation. Now we got an author, Michael McCarthy with us. I'm going to bring Kathy Chamberlain into the conversation of moments here. And then Dr. Peter Bregan, who uh, has, uh, he's got, uh, not out yet, he's got an explosive new book coming out, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are Their Prey. And uh, he did a lot of research, him and his wife and their team, and uh, really was to uncover a worldwide web of global predators that include, like, here's a name for you, Anthony Fauci. 
uh, and multi-billionaires and powerful corporations and government agencies and communist China. So then you have to say, well, there's your global predators right there. And then what are we really up to? So we'll take a pause. Be back with more Voice of the Nation in just a moment. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. Today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. You'll find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. So it was this author, Michael McCarthy, that said this. Here's a quote from him. The things I predicted in my novels came true in the nightly news. Our country is in trouble. Like Abraham Lincoln, I hope for a new birth of freedom. That was a quote by Michael McCarthy, our guest here in the first hour, the voice of a nation, my fellow Americans. And uh, it's an interesting reference point to say that, but he felt the country was in trouble. And it's some of these interesting writers, uh, someone who's gifted as a writer like McCarthy, who can write these sort of novels. Uh, and what they do is they take us on a journey, like a what if journey, what if, might that, ha- you know, it kind of plays with your mind a little bit. But really, this whole thing kind of played with our mind, really. This whole COVID exercise played with our mind uh, in in ways. Kathy Chamberlain, I want to ask you, before we bring Mike back on, let me ask you, uh, as I I haven't really asked you this question, but let's let's do it live here so people can hear the answer here. In your world, I mean, it's just a hard, these are hard questions. Was the virus pre-planned, do you think? Was this an attempt to take down the West and to remove Trump essentially as well? What was it or was it? 
No. I'm so glad you asked me because I was just chomping at the bit to get in on that <laughs> question. Um, all you have to do is look at the actions afterwards, right? Look what they did. Um, so even putting aside that question, let's not forget that they flew after knowing that their citizens were infected. They flew them all over the world. Remember that? And then they silenced all the whistleblowers from even the ones in Taiwan who were trying to warn the world about this. They, they even locked away the genome sequence that could have um, unraveled a, a lot of the answers a lot quicker. And then the one that really got me was when they bought out all the PPEs, remember? Mm -hmm. They sold them, they resold them to the desperate countries. This is, this is the sign of a guilty party <laughs> and somebody who pre-planned. So it's hard for me not to look at it that way. Well, it, too much would have had to go right, Kathy. I mean, is what we're saying, right? I mean, too, I mean, it's like winning the lottery 10 to, well, probably the rest of your life every year, right? I mean, is that even possible? I, I don't think it is. Of course, you have to play the lottery to win it. I was telling you this morning on a call you and I had, Kathy, I don't play the lottery, do I? Right. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what we were talking about. But even if it wasn't pre-planned, Malcolm, right. think about it. How could they do what they did after the fact? You well, that, that's a question. Now, hold on, to keep that right there. Now, hold on, Kathy. So uh, let me ask that question to you because back to the fear point, what worries me the most about this moment of time is this. People are not waking up, Kathy. They're not waking up. They're still walking around in a dazed attitude with mask on, like, uh, like mummified, like they're sleepwalking through the night. Doesn't that scare the hell out of you? It does. It does. And, and it, it just uh, baffles the mind because there's so much evidence out there. Um, if people really want the truth, people in my own family are taking the vaccines. And, you know, I write just as much about this stuff as anybody. And so it's just it's uh, these are really intelligent people. And yet it's go it goes back to what Mike said. And I want to applaud Mike, by the way, for writing fiction predictions to educate the public. You know, in a, in a sense, I'm I'm wondering if he knew all this censorship was coming because this kind of keeps him out of the fray um, by uh, doing a run run round uh, the facts and presenting them in a way that is uh, that doesn't really invite the attacks that a lot of others are uh, get uh, when they write truth. But um, let's no, ask I, let's ask Mike that question. Yeah. yeah, let's ask him that question. What you say there, Kat? Well, I, I took my, there were so many uh, nonfiction books out about the, uh, the threat from the socialist left and so forth that uh, I decided that to take a different tack to embed the principles that I believe in within the, within the plot lines of my novels and with the characters uh, that I portray. And um, people, you know, ask me, where do I get my ideas? I say, I just turn on the nightly news and project forward. I also say I couldn't write fast enough. Some of the stuff is happening almost before I can finish typing something. Um, and Malcolm, to your point, you made uh, just a few minutes ago about uh, the attacks against Trump. I think back to 9-11, where we, the phrase after 9-11 was, why didn't we connect the dots? Such as the example of these uh, Middle Eastern people taking pilot training in the United States, where they told the instructors, Teach us to take off, but we'll skip the part about landing. Okay. In hindsight, we could figure that out. 
Now, Biden, having those very few appearances, or maybe eight people would show up when he came out of his basement, we didn't get it. Whereas I was watching Trump rallies where there were tens of thousands. We thought, okay, there's no way Trump is going to lose this. Whereas now, in hindsight, I can see that, well, they didn't put Biden out for very many appearances because they didn't have to. They knew they were going to cheat with the mail-in ballots of suitcases mm. and the algorithms and so forth. So I can, in hindsight, I can connect the dots now and see where the one thing was a pretext for the other. That's important what you say there. Kathy, you hear what Mike says there. That's an important point as to why that they played it the way they played it with Biden, don't you think? I do think that. And even as he was speaking, I'm looking at the scroll across my TV screen. The White House just announced vaccines will set you free. <laughs> this is the this is how they position these narratives. And uh, so I, I feel like yeah. a butterfly. I feel like a butterfly. Almost <laughs> that free, Kathy. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah. Uh, you, now, Kathy, you don't you don't plan on taking the vaccine, Kathy, I take it. Or do you? Do you plan on getting it, Kathy? No, absolutely not. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer, by the way, Malcolm. I understand yeah. that there's a place and time for everything. But right. uh, with the, you know, uh, with mm -hmm. the, um, the, I mean, the numbers just don't, the risk just doesn't justify the risk of the, uh, the what you were talking about, 99.7 for the, uh, for uh, the Wuhan virus, that just doesn't justify the risks of this unknown factors included in this vaccine. It Where people are dying from this, as Dr. Peter McCullough has pointed out many times on his program on the weekends on America Out Loud, right? People are dying from this. That's right. A lot of people are dying from this. Mike, do you plan on having the vaccine? Well, it's too late for me. I wish I'd heard Kathy uh, before, but I've already had the two vaccines and so now, I, are, you, are, you, are you are you still you didn't die then you're still living? Yeah, I'm still living so far. What you think you'll make <laughs> but it after to the, listening to, the... to Kathy? I wonder about the where she talked about the right. plotting effects and other things. It makes me uh, concerned. Suspicious. Yeah. Now, do you, you, you think you'll make it to the end of the broadcast here? OK, <laughs> I think I'll live. I know one 96 year old World War Two veteran uh, who had the covid and survived. And it was yeah. just like a. a the flu for him, and he survived just fine. Well, it's a very personal thing. And let me say to everybody to put this in, I'm being very sarcastic, which I tend to be, uh, but there are people on our on our network here on uh, America Out Loud that I, I love dearly who had the vaccine for personal reasons. This is a very personal decision one makes. Mike, what was the uh, deciding factor for you as to what convinced you to have the vaccine? I... Well, just thought, it was like a flu shot. You know, I've been getting flu shots every year for years now. And I just thought if it's a way to avoid this, even though it has a high survival rate, mm -hmm. um, it would be worth getting once they finally uh, rolled it out. Right. Well, you were also hearing the reports about how horrific uh, the people that died with it, they couldn't breathe. And the stories about that, Mike, were pretty horrifying. Uh, but, you know, uh, there were a lot of situations like that, that it, it does make you pause or think or question things, you know, pretty much. Um, right. Now, uh, you know, you remember back at that moment, I want to point out to everybody, if you remember when the virus was in the heat of it, you know, uh, guys, when they uh, had the two week lockdown, 
uh, 14 days flatten the curve. That that will be etched in my brain forever. Uh, you know, that, that it was a joke among, among jokes. And I really believe that was a turning point for Donald Trump. Uh, truth be told, people, I'm going to tell you right now, I think that was a calculus, a very bad uh, calculus that Trump had taken to lock the country down. He should have fought them and not, in, in hindsight, I would say to you, in fact, I didn't agree with locking it down even then, uh, even at the moment. But, but let me say this as well. <clears throat> There were a lot of unknowns then. So let me, I, I, I mean, understand, I, I also understand the facts. There were a lot of unknowns we didn't know. And there, were a lot, there was a lot of information that Trump didn't have. So let me, let me be clear and square with everybody. I'm not trying to suggest to you uh, differently. I mean, I get it. I get it. But if you look at all this now, certainly in hindsight, I don't think Trump for a minute would have locked it down for 14 hours, let alone 14 days or anything of, of the sites, because then he had to fight like hell with the globalists to get it reopened. And many of those blue cities and states never did reopen. Even to this day, they've destroyed businesses, destroyed lives, destroyed communities, destroyed everybody. And, and, they, and these people have no problem sleeping at night, probably because they belong to Satan's group. They're Satan as the day is long, as evil as the, the day is long, you know? But if you remember back at that moment in time, people, and I remember this, and I, because I had people calling me, people I have a lot of love and affection for, and people were, we were all, a lot of like, oh my God, like we're dying. People were schizophrenic, ah! You know, and, and you know, it's like, if you had a FedEx come in or a UPS delivery, and I, I, I remember the moment, even let's say it had been shipped already before, like ever, because it kind of blew up. Remember when it blew up, when he had that big conference? My fellow Americans, we're going to do a lockdown to flatten the curve. We're going to flatten this curve. We're going to win this thing as America. Dun, dun, dun. And when all that happened, it was like I had people calling me. They had, you know what they did? They had boxes coming in. Well, they kept the boxes in a room. We didn't touch them for days. We didn't touch anything that might have been exposed because we didn't know how, you know, how dangerous this was. And if it touched anybody three times removed or if you got it. From, you remember all that was sort of that was kind of a spy novel in itself, uh, Mike, if you remember that. Oh, oh, my God, I got a box and you better leave it there. You know, right. That makes sense. I mean, weird, huh? Absolutely. One of the things I, I had in my novel is another means of political control is that the bad guys in the novel had an antidote, but they wouldn't give it to you if you oppose them. And of course, we're hearing about all these new variants of the of the virus. If it gets to be even more deadly, maybe they will deny us the vaccine if you're not on board. Just as in Venezuela, um, you can't get health care or food rations if you're a dissident against the government. It can easily be a method of control life and death control. Well, they're talking about that now with the vaccine passports and the med, right? The med passports and all that, correct? Exactly. So yeah. they'll control you. Uh, they're they're saying like, we're not going to have you travel. You can't pass go. You can't collect 200. I'm, I don't care what they say. I don't care if I can't have entrance into the club, uh, get on a plane. I'm not getting the vaccine. So I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because I'm not doing it because it's my principal point not to do it. And I don't trust them. I don't trust the bastards. So I'm not taking, I'm not doing it. I don't care, you could, you know, whatever, you can have a gun to my head. I'm not taking your vaccine. Well, especially since we had that uh, medicine Trump was touting, which has been used for what, over 50 years to treat malaria, 
uh, and it's dirt hydroxychloroquine cheap. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Well, we then they quickly moved to control physicians to, yeah. who prescribed it to say, don't prescribe it or we'll take away your medical license. Oh, we're all What's over that on America Out Loud. Getting between me and my doctor. Oh, please don't get me going, Mike. We're all over that on this network. And listen, we have a guy, I don't know if you know this, Mike, we have a uh, doctor, uh, Dr. Steve Latula. And uh, he's got a show, uh, he's got a brand new program on the weekends on Saturday and Sunday on America Out Loud, Dr. Lewis. It's called Unity Without Compromise. It's also the name of his book, by the way. And um, I, I encourage you to listen. I really like Dr. Steve Latula. He's an MD. And you know what happened to him, Mike? He what? stood up for the truth as a doctor in, in, in the state of Oregon. Or, or, Oregon, or do we call it Oregano? That's still part of the United States, isn't it, Mike? Or, or barely, yeah, I, barely. Okay. <laughs> well, he he uh, he actually was disbarred because he told the truth to his patients, and he wouldn't do the whole mask thing and play the shell game. Uh, what shell the ball was under? Uh, he was disbarred, and they pulled his medical license. He's very distinguished. This is a this is a military guy. He's a pastor, minister. He's an MD. It's a brilliant guy, Doctor Steve Latulip. And they pulled his license, the Oregon Medical Board. He's fighting it right now, Mike. And this case may very well end up at the Supreme Court, by the way. And if, if you haven't listened to his show, he's also a weekly writer for the platform. Please look him up, Dr. Steve okay. Latula. And his show is called Unity Without Compromise. Plays noontime, noontime Eastern time now, 12 o'clock Eastern time, uh, Saturday and Sunday on America Out Loud. Catch that show, catch his write-ins, and he's really good. But we we talked a lot about the hydroxychloroquine and other, uh, 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 well, uh, products like HCQ that Trump did talk about. You're right, Mike. Yeah, and I know of a doctor that prescribes it for certain other medical conditions for years. No bad side effects. Oh, it's been out uh, here forever, since the so. 30s or 40s or something. By the way, Dr. Lee, part of our team nation, uh, Dr. Lee will be on the program in just a little bit. She, she's an expert in this field, as well as Dr. Peter McCullough, who also writes weekly for the platform and has a, uh, a, uh, a show as well on the weekends, the McCullough. If you want to know, listen, let me just, let me say this. You, you're, I know you're listening to me, friends, but if you really want to know, beside what Mike's saying, Kathy, and what I'm saying, which, you know, we, we do what we do. We try to inform you. But if you really, really want to know about COVID, you, you want to know some real facts and like what's really going on, listen to the McCullough Report or read Dr. Peter McCullough. He's on at 2 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. We are blessed to have this MD on this network. He's always he's in the Senate hearings. He works with Senator Ron Johnson and others up there. Uh, he His voice is well known and he speaks uh, very, very frankly in that program, Mike, if you haven't heard that, listen, you want to get an education in this thing? And, and and you can even pose questions. I suggest you go on his articles and pose questions. Like a guy like you, Mike, who's already had the uh, vaccine, you probably have a whole lot of questions I wouldn't have. Like, because now they're talking about you going in every year and kind of like being branded like a cow. You're going to have to be stabbed again. You know that, right? You see that? No, I haven't seen that, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, they want you to go in every year so they can feed you all those injections for you to live. They're gonna, they're, you're gonna, you're gonna be part of the new world order, Mike. You're gonna be part yeah. of the global, global. You, you know that you, you're gonna be walking around like a zombie ahead when we all die. You'll be the here because you dead. took the, you, you took the zombie meds or something. You know, right? Am I being facetious, no, Kathy? Am I being facetious, Kathy? Am I being, am I being too rough? 
I can't believe you are so uplifting. <laughs> calling, your, calling your guests zombies. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be walking around my, not easy our guest. But he's a writer and somebody we love on America Out Loud. That's how I treat my friends. How the hell do you think I treat my enemies, Kath? Come on. Hey, no, I'm really glad you told me, too, though, about Peter McAuliffe. I'm going to have to go and, and, and look up some of the stuff he's written. Because one of the things you were talking about, um, as far as the control factor goes, you know, from the very beginning, almost everything that has come out of these really globalists. I've learned to kind of decide uh, what's good and what's bad based on whether or not the Bill and uh, Belinda Gates Foundation is behind it. But from the beginning, the models were totally off and, and those were funded by him. The, the, the actual tests at the CDC were wrong. And then um, uh, some uh, uh, very credible uh, studies came out stating that almost half of all the deaths in America that were supposedly due to uh, COVID were actually just because of bad statewide decisions, um, like the nursing home, you know, th those kinds of things. So um, once you really go through all the evidence, it's like that 99.7 percent it's goes higher. even higher. Oh, higher for sure. Higher. No, Kathy, that's the, the numbers. They're they're lying like hell with the numbers. Yep. They were lies. And you know why? They paid the hospitals and the doctors and the medical community. The more COVID you had, the more incentives you had from the feds is how it all worked. They, they needed the money. They made money. Things were cut back. A lot of things happened. That's really what took place. And, you know, if you went in for a hung toenail, and you died because of a heart attack, and you might have had any inkling of anything that was anything at all COVID-related, and you died of anything else, you were tabbed as COVID. You, you were tabbed as a COVID death. That's how they did it. So like you say, forget the nursing homes, forget all the people who died. Everybody, I think you know that, everybody was branded as, it, look back, if you look back at that period of time, that year, okay? And Mike, I would say to you this, I would suggest to you that, if you look historically, it's going to look, look like we cured heart disease and cancer and we cured everything over that year because the deaths attributed to those were really low. But the deaths exactly. with COVID, it looks like we cured everything. We did a hell of a job as mankind, huh? Because they got the extra money for calling it COVID. So uh, clearly they were bribed to cheat on the statistics. It reminds me of my book I've got here called Lies, Damn Lies and Statistics. Well, we had the lying statistics. Uh, because they were corrupted by the money. Call it COVID death, even if it's a hangnail, as you say, and we get an extra $13,000. That's what's happening. That is really blind. what's happening. Yep. That's not made up. You're not making that up, Mike. That's real life. Right. All right. <laughs> now, to your book, this this uh, trilogy, you had, you, right, so you had the Noah option. You had the rainbow option. What's the third one, please? The third one is called the Tim Schill option, and it is my Christian counterpart to The Handmaid's Tale, showing if we had a... Uh, I, I, I portray a fictional group, uh, an ISIS takeover of New England to show how under uh, Sharia law, women would be second class wow. citizens and how one teenage girl fights back. The wow. Option. Wow. And, and, the, and the girl that uh, fights back, this is like I talk, you talked about the black scientist, Dr. Grace Washington. D does her character run through all three books? Uh, she does. She does. And again, that's one of my pet peeves is. Uh, people assume blacks can't be conservative, and they can, and that's one of the reasons I made my uh, heroine, Dr. Grace Washington, a black woman, 
who's a scientist, um, because I wanted to, to dispel this notion. Oh, we've already dispelled that here. We have we have Dr. Carol Swain. Uh, we have right as part of Team Nation. Right on this show, we have to we have uh, Pastor Stephen Broden. We have Ron Edwards. We have several black uh, conservatives. They're one. I mean, terrific. No, no. I mean, we need we need strong uh, conservative leaders in the black community to wake uh, the entire community up so that they begin to vote their best interest and not vote our country to a Marxist regime. Exactly. Uh, and we implode. Uh, now, Mike, we, a couple of moments left here. I want to ask you, uh, I, I'm just curious. I, this has been a burning question on my mind. Now that you're doing these crazy novels of stuff that isn't supposed to happen, that really is happening, which means we co- probably could blame some of this stuff on you, Mike, for even thinking about this stuff. Uh, but what is the craziest idea you're going to be writing about in the future here? What's the next crazy idea you're going to uh, write about? Anything? Oh, I haven't got it yet, but probably the uh, one I thought of is uh, how would the um, uh, increasing uh, Middle Eastern migrants in Europe and how they are uh, destroying the sacred art in cathedrals and churches in Europe. And that's an underreported story. Oh, we talked about that a couple of years back. Yeah, you're so right. We talked about that a couple of years back as well on that. Um, Mike, your your articles are terrific on the platform. You can read Mike every week there. He, he's got a couple of pieces up there right at americaoutloud.com, Michael McCarthy. And he gets to a lot of the um, uh, the stories and the things that a lot of us kind of question. Uh, I call them sort of societal stories, uh, things that we need to know about. And he's not afraid to go there, obviously, as you read his writings. That's what I love about our family here at America Out Loud. Uh, even though I called him a zombie earlier, he, he really is a good guy. Uh, but uh, we, we, um, uh, we, we have a great family. And uh, we have great writers like Kathy is a terrific writer. Look up her writings. Uh, her book, really, as well, uh, the, the deplorable books. You've got to look at that. The Rules for deplorable, Deplorables. In fact, I, uh, it's a good thing I say that so Mike knows that, that Kathy is a great author. It's the uh, set of the rules for radicals, which is the Hillary Clinton crowd and the, the Saul Alinsky uh, players, uh, Barack Obama, Joe Biden and company, you know, right? Uh, this is the rules for deplorables. I like it. I like it a lot. And that's in the America Out Loud bookstore, as well as Mike's books as well. Um, I, I feel, almost feel like some days I'm on home, home, uh, home shopping channel, people. You know, the home shopping channel or whatever they've got now, the queue or whatever they call them. And you get on there, like where you saw. None of it's for me, by the way. I, I don't have the books and stuff. I do it for all of our people. So just so you know, but I do feel like sometimes I'm selling things or whatever. Not really. I'm just trying to get you all to open your eyes uh, to a better way forward. A big thank you to uh, author Michael McCarthy here. You'll hear his voice again on the network for sure. He's got some great um, uh, books and some great theories and a lot of his writings. Again, we will be talking about in advance. So it's good to have Mike on. Now, we're going to take a pause here, but I got news for you. Dr. Peter Bregan uh, is going to be joining us, and he's this is going to be very interesting now. And uh, and also, uh, Kathy will be back with us, and, and Dr. Lee for America will also join us. So we'll have an interesting conversation about these global predators. So stay right there, my fellow Americans. More Voice of a Nation just after this. Heart and soul of a nation beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor, 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 honor. 
our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Welcome back to Hour 2 on The Voice of a Nation, Hour 2. You never know what's going to happen in Hour 2 compared to Hour 1. We always keep it exciting here, uh, but uh, we we will see. This whole theme today is pretty clear. It's about this uh, pandemic extraordinaire, the lockdown, uh, the the overreach, if you will, uh, and who's behind all of this, I guess. So I posted a couple of things up front with you when we were talking to the the author there, Michael McCarthy, uh, in his, uh, where he predicted this virus back in 2014, wrote a novel about it, uh, which is quite remarkable. So if you missed that, you'll hear that later on when it does go to podcast here. But let me also remind you every day you hear the voice of a nation uh, on the America Out Loud Talk radio network, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 5 to 7 is what you hear is uh, right there. And here is anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio uh, or our apps, Apple, Android, Alexa. Just look up America Out Loud Talk Radio or look up at our front page at americaoutloud.com. All the links are there to the right-hand side and you can connect there. We also have a world-class media player. There are many, many ways to connect. So uh, happy to have you with us. Always, my friends, thank you for being here. We are uh, slaying it here and trying to bring a a, a level of truth uh, to you that you're not going to hear anywhere else, very clearly. Uh, It's a couple of things I posed to you up front, and I want to bring them back now and keep this theme going. And we're going to talk in moments here to Dr. Peter Bregan, uh, who I was telling you about earlier in the program, and the work he's done and the research he's done with his book that will be coming out uh, just ahead here. So let's talk a little bit about government overreach as well and what this means to our lives. And you know, another thing that, three words that bother me, they worry me, they really concern, in fact, they give you the hives. The new normal, period. (laughs) The new, what is the new normal exactly, please? Can you let me know that in advance before I can say if I want to subscribe to that theory? What is the new normal exactly? Yeah, but you hear that, the new normal. Yeah, I don't like the new normal, mom. I want to go back to the old normal, man. You know, so that's kind of where I'm coming from right there anyway. So enough of that. Dr. Peter Bregan is here. He's the author of a new explosive book up and coming, COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are their prey. Wow, wow, wow. That title alone makes me think. Dr. Bregan, I mean, that title alone gets me thinking quite a bit to say, okay, what do you, we are their prey and who are the global predators? So I think that's the first thing I want to bounce right at you, Dr. Bregan, is this, who are they? If we are the prey, who are the they? Who are the they? Well, we have a very odd coalition. On the one side are the, uh, and I'll focus on America because we've got to do something about this. And a lot of these folks are Americans. On the one side, we have the top billionaires in America. I looked at about 12 or 15 of them and all but Larry Ellison from Oracle are deeply invested in China. All of them are unpatriotic. None of them speak of participating in the Judeo-Christian ethic. None of them show any interest in liberty or freedom or the founders of the nation 
all the things we associate with our country as uh, as something unique, something special. And, uh, you know, we're the first country where uh, uh, actually people got together and uh, in the name of God proclaimed uh, uh, the rights of all people, their natural rights, and uh, created a government to try to protect the rights of the people rather than to oppress them. This was unique. Dr. Brigham, so, are you speaking of the term, let me throw at you, uh, when you describe what you describe right now, do, how does the term American exceptionalism, does that fit what you're talking about? Yes, it is, but <clears throat> it's just so important to look at what it really is. I mean, it has to do with God, it has to do with patriotism, it has to do with our special nature, uh, our belief in the individual and personal responsibility, and the government doesn't tell us what to do. We tell the government what to do. All to of be. this has nev never happened before in any significant way, maybe a Greek city here or there, but it never happened in any significant way. Hmm. So when people tell me, you know, what's happening to us now with these uh, very dark things, I mean, that's what's always happened. We have been the exception. Humanity has always been at the mercy of a handful of exploiters, whether hmm. you go back to wow. Genghis Khan or Julius Caesar or, you know, Hitler's attempts and so on, Mao, Stalin, there's always been uh, really in charge until America came along, those kind of folks who were exploiters, not people who were uh, lovers of freedom or uh, lovers of other human beings. So we are devolving now. How are we uh, to, to what was our norm in many ways? And this is, I think, an important concept. We have something special to fight for. And the... The, the way through our educational system, through the natural uh, uh, tendency of human beings when they get power to become evil, mm -hmm. we now are having a number of people who are vying among themselves, number of governments, to be the chief exploiters. So if you look at um, our top billionaires, uh, Bezos, Buffett, uh, Ellison, Zuckerberg, even the Waltons and Larry Page, Bloomberg, who's number 11 in his new economy forum, all of these people are out to exploit, to make money, to become more powerful, to become wealthier, to self-aggrandize. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the top companies, the top American corporations, <clears throat> they are essentially the creations of these people, Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Twitter's down a ways, but it's a part of it. Mm -hmm. now, these are the American corporations, but then there's something else going on. And there's a group of corporations, which is pretty much all the major American corporations who get together at these big conferences with Michael Bloomberg, who's a big predator, or with Schwab or with both. <clears throat> In 2019, November 2019, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Bloomberg held a conference, McDonald's was there, IBM, MasterCard, FedEx, Prudential, on and on. Prime Minister of India was there, the central banks were there. And of course, Peter um, Dezak was there, who was a, a, a funnel for uh, money to the uh, globalists from Fauci. Bill Gates was there, and Tedros from who was there, and that's even before the epidemic. So these guys are really thinking about each other. And in fact, there's a panel between Peter Dayzak, Bill Gates and Tedros. Uh, they're talking about viruses. They're talking about, you know, taking over when the viruses come. 
So we've got a very large group. But the so th these are the people you're considering when you say the word, the term global predators. Yes. The, these are the people. Okay, so let me ask you this. Let me say one, one thing, though, Malcolm. They're all connected to China. Well, well, that's my question. Now, you're, you're, you're stealing my thunder, Dr. Bregan. Come on, <laughs> you're stealing my thunder. You gave a great summary. I say yes to everything you hinted at in your introduction. <laughs> well, that, my question was going to be exactly that, brother. These global predators, tell listeners, please, and this is important, Dr. Bregan, from your research and what you've determined, where are all the seeds of these people back to communist China? Because I look at it as one big party. They're all sleeping with each other. Tell us yeah, more. Exactly. Well, the, every single group, every corporation I just named, every single one of them, and dozens more, and every single individual I just named, the top uh, billionaires, except for Larry Ellison from Oracle, they are all enormously invested in China. And when they hold their conferences with Schwab once a year, uh, the World Economic Forum, or they hold their conferences with Michael Bloomberg once a year, uh, they invite the Chinese in. Bloomberg's conferences are co-sponsored by a communist front group, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I wouldn't even bother with the names. And they have major addresses from Chinese. And on uh, each group is at least on one occasion invited the premier of China right when Trump was in office and trying to confront China. So Bloomberg holds a conference in Beijing and the topic of the conference basically is uh, how to stop Trump and how to uh, recouple with China because that's where they see their power. And Moderna, by the way, I didn't mention them, but uh, you know, they're, they're a big deal uh, with, uh, with their vaccines and uh, they're right there at their conference. Now that, what evolved over the years that I'd like to get to is the realization that they could, oh, oh, let me put in a caveat. The billionaires are naive. They're like adolescent children. They have no identification with anything. They're rebellious, they're full of themselves and they become billionaires. They have no idea actually what's going on because they're being manipulated by China. They are not manipulated. So stop China. there now. You, this is important. You really believe in your heart that these people, this relationship they have with China, that they're really, really not aware of the evil aspect of what they're doing. No, no. I, um, I, I think their minds are beyond evil. I think they're not, yes, I think they're not, they don't engage in those terms. Hmm. Hmm. And there have always been predators. I, do you think Julius Caesar, when he was at his worst, mm -hmm. uh, you know, considered whether he was evil or Genghis Khan? Well, do, all right. Do you think those people love America? The, the no. No, they don't. No, no. They love their globalist predatory <laughs> opportunities. This has been very shocking to me, by the way. I didn't think in these terms, Malcolm, you know, I'm a psychiatrist. I thought in these terms for individual oh, predators, wow. but I didn't think beyond much the drug companies. I had a lot of medical uh, legal work with the drug companies. I knew they were totally corrupt. I thought it was the drug companies. It's not just the drug companies. It's what has evolved in the way of what I call predatory capitalism, working with predatory progressivism. It's beyond the usual borders of uh, that we're familiar with. And that's what happened to Trump when he got into office. 
he thought he was dealing with a conflict between communism and uh, the Democratic Republic of, of America. But he was actually dealing uh, with a corrupt progressivism and a corrupt capitalism, neither of which value freedom. Right. Well, isn't this all really about the fight of good and evil, Dr. Bregan? Yes, it? it is. Yeah, this is all what this is. And you you outlined the predators really, really well. I mean, I'll give you an A for that. You described them all perfectly. And the greed that insets these people. And, and these are the kind of people that would sell their mother out for something, probably. I know that doesn't sound very nice, uh, Dr. Bregan. But, you know, listen, when you look at China, China right now, is 1.4 billion people. I mean, that's a current stat right there, 1.4 billion. And, you know, you people like that with their eyes open, when all you want is money and wealth and power, which you already have a fair amount of that. I mean, how much of that can you really use in your life? By golly, why don't you do some good with it instead of trying to take everybody over? I mean, so give me a couple of that. I can share that money around and do some stuff with it. And But you're talking about 1.4 million people. Is that the magnet for why China is such an attractive deal to these people because of that volume of potential business and wealth? Well, there's no, connect, uh, no, no doubt that they're all connected to China's wealth. We know that the Joe Biden and his family and John Kerry, who is is probably going to be a very big, big, is a big, big figure in this whole affair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those two families together have been corrupt together with the uh, children of Kerry and the children of Biden. Um, well, John Kerry is Heinz Ketchup, by the way. Let's make sure, right? Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, let's let everybody, if you didn't know that, people, he's related, he's got the whole Heinz money behind him, the wife and all of that. And of course, this guy makes me sick. You know, Dr. Bregan, you see him in the news in the last many, many days, and then they want to talk about the Logan Act. My golly, they should have thrown the book at this guy a long time ago. He should be in a penitentiary somewhere, don't you think? Um, I think that they are all criminals. All the global predators are criminals. And that is generally what happens with people in power, not just because power corrupts, but it is the corrupt who seek power. I like that phrase. I've never said that before. Wow. It is. It's the corrupt who seek power and the power corrupts. It goes both ways. You just don't get to the top as a corporation or as a um, an individual in the in that giant world, okay. without being uh, you know uh, really devoid With, without having that. evil in your heart. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. Let, let me. I want to move the ball. I got so much to talk to you about. Let me move the ball along here. Now we, we know who the global predators are. We know who communist red China is, and we know the plan of really trying to make. Well, I'm going to suggest to you, Dr. Brecken, America into a Marxist nation is what I think their goal is, even more than anything I think, else. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it should be put instead that the communist Chinese want a world empire. 100%. They want it for China and they want it for Marxism. 100%. And unlike the global predators, they have an ideology. Yeah. And people with an ideology are unstoppable unless they meet other people with an ideology. And I want to get this in. It's so important. Our country is based on Judeo-Christian principles. That was the ideology that motivated the founders. When they signed the Declaration of Independence, they signed their death warrant if they lost. Mm -hmm. There it was. Uh, you know, King George, you could just see all the people he wanted to get. He even named a few in particular, like John Adams, that he hated. 
And those people did that because they actually believed in God. They believed in freedom. They had an ideology. Now, America doesn't have it anymore as a, as a nation. So what we have got to do, and this is something mm -hmm. that Lee, Lee Vliet, uh, uh, who I don't think has come on yet, but um, I hope will be participating. Um, and I have talked, Dr. Vliet, we, we've talked a lot about and that is that we've got to rebuild the Judeo-Christian concepts in this country. We actually, gonna, I think, are going to have to do it as an alternative system with our own educational, our own corporations, our own communications, and so on. But uh, we're up against an ideology of Marxism, and we're up against a tradition of empire in China. China no longer thinks we just have to protect ourselves from the West. They, they, they know now that they got to take over. And I think that's what we're facing. Let me say, I want to do something, uh, and I know that uh, Dr. Vliet uh, really wanted me to get into this. I'd like to talk about um, the progression of this because I have a number of key dates and an explanation of the evolution that really explains everything in COVID-19. All the craziness in COVID-19 is actually a plan. This is not a conspiracy theory. I've got about 10 key dates or so, many of which people have not heard about and some of which they have, and probably no one has ever recited them and put them all together the way we have. Which you're to. doing in this uh, book I'm taking that yeah. you'll have. When does that book come out, by the way? Well, the book comes out um, in June or July, but we have done something no other authors have ever done. <clears throat> uh, we have made a bonus so that if you get by the book, at a considerably reduced price in advance, you instantly in your mailbox get the manuscript to the book. So everything I'm talking about today, mm -hmm. if you buy the book, that moment you'll get the manuscript and the manuscript is so up to date that it's okay. yesterday's version uh, of the that, manuscript. That's an interesting way, uh, it's an interesting carrot to market it with, very fascinating. Uh, well, uh, and it gets the, it gets well, the it's a good idea. out. Yeah, it's a good yeah. idea, it's a good yeah. idea. Let me, I, tell I let me tell you where people get it. I'll just take a second, okay? It's, uh, you, we have a dedicated website, it's wearetheprey.com. Okay. We are the prey.com. Okay. You'll go there and you'll see, and in well, two minutes, you can have, well, however fast you go through it, you will have in your box a over 600 page manuscript. It's almost exactly what's going to get Okay. Published. All right. I'll put it in the notes here. We are the prey.com. And when it does go to podcast, we'll have it in there. Now, let me ask you, I asked the question up front in both segments here, and I want to put it right out. And I guess you sort of just answered it, but there's more details to follow here. When I asked, was the virus pre-planned, you would obviously, I'm guessing from what you just said a moment ago, say a definitive yes. The virus was unquestionably, I'm now certain it was pre-planned. The SARS-CoV virus does not jump to human beings easily. It doesn't jump from one animal to another easily. Mm -hmm. And that was understood in uh, 2000. Scientists were talking about that. But it's very easy virus to manipulate and to force into a jump. So everything Fauci said about doing what's called gain of function research, about making ordinary viruses into uh, epidemic viruses. Everything that uh, he was saying was wrong. It's a cover story. We don't have, we didn't have to protect against SARS-CoV. We just 
these guys just knew they could manipulate coronaviruses and make deadly viruses. Well, the, the, uh, the cover story is that we will, we know, since we know we can make these into deadly viruses, nature can make them too. That's nonsense. It takes technology, it takes purpose, takes human ingenuity, takes evil to intentionally create these things in the lab. Nature could go on for a billion years and, and never do it. So the whole thing makes no sense. But they began very early. The, the first big research was 2008, uh, maybe even a little earlier. A lot of it's coming out of North Carolina and it's being funded by Fauci way back. Well, it was so much in the air that by 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation publishes a scenarios for future technology, it's called. Mm -hmm. And one of the scenarios is lockstep. And it's all about creating top-down government with authoritarian leadership to stop a pandemic that they predict will be coming in two years. So going all the way back is lockstep lockstep, top-down, authoritarian government. So going all the way back to 2010, the globalists, this is a globalist planning scenario. I mean, it's not planned by people who love America. And they're talking already about this. They say it'll probably be permanent, although there'd be protests. Right. Then in 2011, we have the famous United Nations Resolution to, to 2030, talking about what is essentially going to be become... Uh, the uh, Great Reset, Schwab's Great Reset. And they talk about one of the things they got to do is make these universal health coverage with safe, effective quality and affordable vaccines for all. Uh, they want to do medicines and vaccines. Then um, the research is, is stepped up on making making bad viruses. And that's 2013, North Carolina gets $10 million from Fauci. Well, in 2014, October, uh, President Obama has heard enough from other from scientists that it is really dangerous to be making these viruses. And this is October 2014. And he writes on his stationery, on a White House stationery, that he wants a moratorium on making gain of function viruses. He doesn't, he's not concerned about what I would, would soon find out that they're making them with China, making them with China. That, that's the ultimate globalist giveaway. Fauci is funding China to make viruses, uh, pathologic viruses with the United States. Um, well, what happens uh, during the following year or two or three is that uh, up until now, is that Fauci simply ignores President Obama. He finds one way after another. And so the main research, he continues, the main research of building deadly viruses with China, supporting himself, Fauci. He helped finance the whole thing. He finances a big chunk. China's got its own big chunk in. That's right. And also there's a few other government agencies, but Fauci's the key guy. Then there's famous 2015 where Bill Gates talks about that if anything is going to kill 10 million people, yeah. it's a virus. Yeah. But that's pretty small time stuff. Gates is going to do a lot more than that, which people don't know about. Then in 2015, out comes the big research from North Carolina and China with the two top Chinese uh, 
scientists right in there as authors, working with America, building the protein spike that's going to make SARS-CoV viruses pathologic. And these are by name SARS-CoV viruses. This is 2015, we're making them. And remember, a release from nature is very unlikely, but a leak or an intentional use or a military use is almost certain the way this world runs. And the Wuhan Institute, people don't realize, is actually a military facility for mm -hmm. biowarfare. That's right. That's right. The Chinese don't have any pure capitalist institutions. They're all tied right. to the party. Right. Then comes um, 2014, and something very unusual again happens, showing how much people are thinking together and talking together. In the uh, influential proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, Menachery, who did the original research on making these viruses, declares that we now have a risk of spontaneous emergence of SARS-CoV. But there's no risk of that, not compared to a leak or military mm -hmm. use or yeah. some other use like that. Yeah. It's really nonsense. Then a lot happens in January 2017. Now, now let, let me pause you there now. now. So what's happening? The dates before what you just gave, I, it, it dawns on me, Dr. Bregan, were all pre-Trump. They were all pre-Trump, okay? Oh, yeah. And now you're into Trump. So now you've got this whole suspicious deal going on here, like you said, in creating these viruses. Now you're in Trump territory. Trump is now the head of the class, and they're not happy. What happens next, please? Well, he's their worst white nightmare. And That's people right. aren't aware the degree to which uh, the intellectual leader of these uh, yeah. uh, predator swab is actually written in his latest book, that the one thing that stands in the way of globalism is a democratic republic that's patriotic because it's not going to go along with globalism. Mm -hmm. He's clearly saying we have to weaken or destroy America. Yeah. Well, it all begins to unfold in January. The Federal Register announces, the FDA announces in the Federal Register, they have new guidelines strengthening what's called the Emergency Use Authorization, the EUA. Now, what the EUA is, is a bringing together of the billionaires who want to make a vaccine. It's all about vaccines. And the globalists who want to make a fusion between corporations and government governments, government corporation fusions, my term, um, in order to get around the democratic republics. And they do it. And with the EUA, they are then able to begin to give billions of dollars to the drug companies to tool up their vaccine production mm -hmm. for a coronavirus three years ahead of time. Wow. And wow. this is new news. I, I, the, the videos that by um, mm -hmm. um, Gates, they don't have a lot of listeners. A lot of his have multiple millions. They have like 20,000 mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. He gave a series of talks at Schwab's conference at Davos and then in Schwab's office. So it's all related to the Great Reset. In this, they, he talked about the formation of an organization called the Coalition of Epidemic Preparedness Innovations. Yeah. He's yeah. talking about this in early 2017. Yeah. That means it's been going on 
from I think just about the time they realized they could make deadly viruses, which yeah. is only a few months earlier. So, Doctor Bregan, I, I guess what I'm summing up is a lot of people don't want to believe this stuff because it is so far out there. Right. And when, That's right. it, really, and when you start talking, I, I mean, didn't, I didn't want to believe it. I course. got heart sick. That's exactly it. Yeah. No, I get it as a patriot. And again, you and I and our listeners would be enemy number one to these people. You realize that, right? I mean, we're, well, we're the enemy. We're the enemy. Yeah, well, believe me. I mean, every time I worked a little bit on this book, I felt like I was under the gun. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, but we you know, are the it's enemy. It's too late, folks, to do anything to me because, and this, this was another one of the reasons yeah. I wanted to put it out. And right. it wasn't just to enlighten everybody in advance. And it wasn't just to sell a book at all. Right. It was in part to protect me and my family because, you know, make a martyr of me oh. now. Uh, I'm, it ain't going to work because yeah. uh, unlimited numbers of people are going to have the manuscript, all 600 uh, no, I get it. pages I get it. and all eight. Well, listen, uh, patriots, uh, myself included, you're, you're right with what you say there. In many ways, we would absolutely lay down our life. We are martyrs for the mission of what we have here. You know, America is an exceptional nature. And the reason I threw that out there, you see, the Marxist left, they don't subscribe to these theories. And they've been trying to take this over for a very long time. And, you know, when you look at Obama and his speeches all around the world, when he's out there saying, yeah, American exceptionalism, he's been questioned on that many times. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean like Germany exceptionalism or like French exceptionalism? Or yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. I mean, this guy doesn't know if they hit him in the head. I mean, he no, has they, no they idea. don't get that America's great. No. They hate America. Of course. It's Let me bring in uh, Dr. Lee for America as part of our team nation. And you know, Dr. Lee, you hear her on the program here. Dr. Lee, you hear us tearing about this program and you hear about the global predators that uh, Dr. Bregan puts out there and what he's speaking about. We talk about these things uh, a lot here. But when you take a look at, you know, <coughs> we talk about our kind of an America and what these people are after right here. Uh, the question we really all need to be asking and answering is how do we wake the people Wait. up? How do we wake people up to understand uh, what's really going on? Because if they're walking around in the hot sun with two masks on uh, at this moment in time, I don't think we have a hell of a shot here. Malcolm, I think you're exactly right. And I think it's going to take a combined effort. We need to be working through the churches and the synagogues. We need to be working on the independent social media, as you have created here. We need to be working as physicians reaching out directly to patients. And we, we are working on multi-fronts. This is a multi-front war because the battle between good and evil, the forces of evil are massively aligned against us. And the, the people who are good people who want liberty and freedom are trying to live their lives and survive against the assault on their businesses, their families, their schools, their churches. So we really have to pull all this together. But I want to emphasize something really important. What Dr. Bregan is presenting is absolutely factually correct. I had, had found a lot of this material piece by piece all last year. He has, he and his wife, Ginger Bregan, who is his research assistant, have put this together and documented and cited the sources in this incredible book, which I have personally read line by line. So I, I know the information is correct. 
but I've also independently verified it from other sources. There are scientists, virologists from China, Dr. Yan is one, who we just did a two hour program on this last night, verifying the science. And it does go back 20 years at least on the manipulation of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. In fact, this scientist last night in the webinar we just did, we're talking about the specific inserts, viral inserts from the HIV virus and other changes to the SARS-CoV virus that make it so damaging to the brain, the nervous system, causing prion-like disease, causing neurodegenerative problems. These vaccines are going to be a disaster because we're going to see over the next year or so major neurologic damage from the specific design of the vaccine and the spike protein from the virus, as well as the vaccine triggering that spike protein formation. So this is very real, and we are going to have to get aggressively united as patriots mm -hmm. to work through every avenue we have available, particularly yeah. the churches and schools and the, the um, homeschooling mm -hmm. efforts, because yeah. it was the church leaders who helped to galvanized the public in the first American Revolution. That was the America's Black Robe Regiment in 1774, 75, 1776. We now have an America's Black Robe Regiment now working to organize the church leaders to help them see this is a battle between good and evil. This mm -hmm. is our mm -hmm. fight for God's gift of life and liberty. Yeah, That's yeah. the bottom. Well, it is, it is. And, and also, Dr. Lee, the threat was never really, as you look back at this whole thing, was never really, uh, in, in hindsight here, the virus itself. It was the people like Fauci. Now, let me bring Dr. Bregan back on here in the, in the um, few minutes before we pause here a moment here. Dr. Bregan, uh, I, I think, you know, again, the danger was always, it wasn't really, I mean, I was never really freaked out about the virus. I was worried about the, the well, what you call the global predators. Isn't that the problem? Yeah, the, the, the virus is heavily planned for. And by the way, I only got halfway through all the planning yeah. that I uncovered for the virus. So, right. and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, well, we'll have other times to talk here, other opportunities. Yeah. We can only slay it so much at yeah, a time. Yeah, you know? yeah I just yeah. want to let that out. But yes, absolutely. The virus is a cover story. They were yeah. developing the cover story of the virus in mm -hmm. multiple papers and books Right. right. Um, that I've some it's mind-boggling. You know, the work you've done, and I just talking to you, I can feel the electricity in the air. Let me get Kathy Chamberlain has a question for you, part of our team nation here, Dr. Bregan. Uh, Kathy, you have a question for, uh, for Dr. Bregan. Uh, Dr. Bregan, thank you for bringing this important information to the American public. Um, I did some research on this uh, myself uh, back about a year ago when all this was happening. And I keep getting asked the same question since we're on the subject of how to get the word out. Um, because I found that a lot of the vaccines that um, Bill Gates, everybody thinks he's such a philanthropist and such a wonderful guy. How could he possibly be evil? 
And uh, yet in, in researching the vaccines he's doing, he's using an awful lot of people as guinea pigs, it seems to me. I read the uh, 2019 report that came out um, and Dr. Thomas Friedman, former CDC director, was 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 affiliated with this report called mm -hmm. the Global Polio Eradication Initiative. And they are actually creating more polio. There's a real ap epidemic going on over there because they're using uh, the, uh, the, the good people of Africa as guinea pigs for their vaccines. And it just scares the heck out of me. When people ask me, how could he be such a bad guy? He gives so much. Right. What is your answer to that? Oh, it's pretty straightforward. Um, the Gates Foundation is his source of, uh, you know, huge amounts of money coming in. Um, <clears throat> and it's his source of power. So even though the money may not go into his pocket, or and so a lot does, but the, a lot of it just goes into his foundation, which gives him more and more power. And he, in many cases, all these COVID-19 uh, uh uh, work that he's doing is he's actually investing in the corporations. He himself has bought a large amount of Moderna and a large amount of sure. Pfizer in, yeah. in uh, personally in his own stocks, but he also invests in them through the funding of, of his organization. And it all comes back and builds his power. His specialty is not giving away money. It's what a lot of the uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, investors call, you know, a new way of philanthropy. And what it is, is you make money on philanthropy by directing your investments in ways that will make you a lot of money. So, no, he is not a good guy. You know, his latest thing about global warming, he's, he decided he was going to darken the sun, experiment with darkening the sun since wow. human beings weren't going to obey him and stop global warming. And he literally was firing rockets into the air and was going to test the ability to, to darken the sun. And, uh, Supposedly, the Swedes got so upset about this, they stopped him. But this is the kind of, it's a kind of megalomania. And I don't mean it in some, I'm a psychiatrist. I don't mean it as a psychiatric diagnosis. I mean, it is a characterization of, of evil. Mm -hmm. It's this megalomaniacal, I'm going to do everything I can. It's a very adolescent tone to it. If you can remember your own adolescence, when you just looked at the world and knew you could do better, because you had no idea what was going on. That's right. And I that's think that's a lot of Gates never talks about freedom, never talks about liberty. Yeah, you don't hear him talk violence. about those things that no, are never. near and dear to us. That's so well said, uh, Dr. Bregan. We're speaking there with Dr. Peter Bregan. Uh, he has got this uh, monster book coming out. It's going to be quite something. Uh, we have a lot more to talk to him about ahead here for sure. Uh, the book is uh, called, uh, will be called COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are their prey. Uh, very interesting. Uh, he puts that out there for sure. Uh, we are their prey. And you, we're here in a good uh, site. Now, you can get the manuscript, as he says, and I'll give you all of that information as we move along to the show here. Now, we, we will absolutely reconnect with uh, Dr. Bregan again here and uh, appreciate him uh, being with us. And I think to Kathy's bigger question there, uh, it basically is this, that, uh, you know, the public face that people like Gates puts out there, and Fauci for that matter, 
is just that. It's only a, uh, you know, it's a public face. Uh, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, these, uh, like the philanthropy he does and that sort of thing, uh, you know, things are not always what they appear, is it now? You know, it's always something else, right? I mean, you know, the guy uses that as a, it's, it's, a, it's a face to what he's working on and what he does. So he's put off as a good guy. And she's right. A lot of people out there think, wow, this guy's doing some really wicked stuff, man. Cool stuff, in other words, you know. Uh, donating all kinds of things. Of course, remember, he got all that money from Buffett a while back, too, remember. Again, all these people are together, as, as uh, he po 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 points out very well, Dr. Bregan. Uh, it's it's sort of a, well, it's a good old boys club, I guess, for, for Marxists Unite. Mar Marxists Unite with the China Empire and what they consider their new world order. You know, the evidence is very damning. It's very, very damning. You don't have to be a theorist to come up with these uh, these uh, conclusions here because it's very, very damning. And there's a lot of evidence at this point, including this whole pandemic and how they've utilized it, no matter where it came from, uh, whatever. You can talk about being pre-planned or not pre-planned or, you know, they tried to sell the whole bat in the soup story to us, remember, you know, that deal and the, the seafood market accident, accident on aisle three. I'll pick that up quickly, please. You know, come on. I mean, you think we were born yesterday here, you know? And China then what they and, and then to top it all off, people, if you question me at all and then what China does, because they, they loved America so much and loved the world so much and certainly loved Donald Trump so much, uh, they uh, they closed down their country, not allowing their people to travel within the country. So not to spread that uh, handy dandy virus they had uh, created. Right. Yeah. But they allowed it to spread all over the world. And that, my friends, is what you call a global pandemic, isn't it now? Hmm? Is that what that is? That's all compliments of why Trump called it the China virus, because it is the China virus. We'll take a pause here. Be back in just a moment with more Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, the Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The silent majority has spoken. 
We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. libertyatamericaoutloud.com. What a fascinating conversation that was with Dr. Peter Bregan. Uh, and also earlier in the program, you heard from author uh, Michael McCarthy, who is a writer, by the way, weekly columnist for America Out Loud as well. We have some really cool new people that are part of the platform, uh, like Kathy as well, is a writer and author and a great, great book she has out about deplorables, uh, you know, the uh, rules for deplorables to incentivize us to fight back more or less, you know, those nasty rules for radicals. Uh, the Democrat Marxist playbook that they use, right? Uh, this is the the antidote to that all. Uh, interesting, but we had a lot, a lot of new cool people and players at America Out Loud. Uh, I, it was really a joy. You know, it, it, when I stepped back recently, it was to really take some time and talk to folks around the globe and really had a chance to connect with some very fascinating people and kind of in a sense of interviewed a lot of interesting folks. And we knew we wanted to step it up uh, with uh, just, you know, sometimes it's just that time. And the five year mark for us was that moment. It was the moment to really step our game up. Well, for a couple of reasons. One, so we can fight the global predators that Bregan is talking about here, right? Yeah. And to fight our predators here at home, for sure, that are sitting in Washington, D.C., plenty of those people around, for sure, huh? We had to fight those people. And that was the whole mode to push this ball forward. And kind of, you know, sometimes it's good to step back in your life. I want to recommend you do it yourself. Uh, sometimes we just want to take it, kind of draw a line in the sand, you know, kind of your own red line, more or less. But step back. And then kind of assess where you're at. I kind of call it a 35,000 foot view. I like to do this a lot, actually. And then you come back and you actually rock the canoe even harder. That's kind of what I did here at the five-year mark for me and for, for our network. It was that time to, uh, to, to make it better, to make it happen. To, to really raise the stakes. And we did that with incredible programming. I mean, we've added a whole bunch of new shows, about 11, 12 new shows on the weekends and the weekdays. Terrific new programming. Uh, check it out and tune in. The schedule right there is at americaroutloud.com. But our writers and our stories and our mission of liberty and justice for all is as real as real could be. We are center here to the fight of good and evil. That's what this program is all about, my fellow Americans. Listen, we may have a chuckle along the way and laugh with each other, sure. But, you know, it's the old thing, like I said yesterday to you, you either laugh or you cry, right? You laugh or you cry. I choose to laugh, okay? I'm not going to cry. And then we're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. But uh, that's our job. That's what we're mandated with from God Almighty. And this is a fight of good that we're on here. And that's why we have you in here with us. Now, your job is to get the good word out there, the out loud truth. We need to circulate that out loud truth around the globe. And we need to suffocate the Marxists and the madness with the out loud truth. That's going to take a lot, people. I can sit here and you know talk uh, riddles all day, but it's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of effort from all of you to do that out there. That really is my mission here personally and why I think this uh, work we're doing here is so vitally important for sure. You know, again, in between the chuckles and the entertaining and uh, educating each other, there is the real work that has to be done here. Right. There, there really is. So uh, let's uh, let's get back onto the track here and um Continue on with our uh, story here about the uh, what I post out there about the virus bearing pre-plan, but also the disinformation. You know, even if you didn't think that uh, that this information 
was, uh, e even if you didn't think rather that the virus was pre-planned, you didn't think that like global predators really existed or that this is all made up or China really isn't that bad or we're overstretching the truth. The one thing you have to admit is the truth is that at the very least, they've taken that virus and they have absolutely politicized it to the nth degree. And I mean, it is just, it's a dangerous, uh, it's, uh, you know, project they're using here to, uh, I guess, make America into a Marxist nation be the best way to put it, I guess. Uh, the question is, is fighting back on this. Now, Dr. Lee, let's uh, have you chime in on this. But uh, I, I think that's our, first of all, our, our main order here is uh, how, do, how, do we, how do we fight all of this evil? You know, and we got people like Dr. Peter McCullough. We got people like Dr. Stephen Latula, people like Dr. Bregan. We were just speaking to now people like yourself and all of us here. How do we continue to fight this evil back? Well, I think one of the most important points for your, our entire listening audience to learn, pay attention to, and share with their friends is that this virus does not have to lock down the country, the businesses, the churches, and have people live in fear. We have had treatment available for this virus. We have prophylaxis available. I've personally been treating patients for the last 14 months with existing medicines outpatient quickly within the first week of symptoms. There are hundreds of us frontline doctors now across the country in every state that are treating patients. If the churches were using the option through their Stevens Ministries and others to offer free clinic services, we have doctors that would staff it and we have doctors that would prescribe the medicines for prevention once a week. I've Ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, countries around the world are showing it prevents the viral infection far better than the vaccines with less risk. And we can treat the patients. My patients were treated in the first three to five days of symptoms. None went into the hospital and none died. We did not have to have these deaths. That was all designed by the global predators by those trying to control this country, disrupt the election, disrupt the economy, and create Americans submitting to authoritarianism because they were frightened of dying from the virus. They did not need to die, and this has been crimes against humanity. Yeah, and that's you know, the sad reality of all of it right there, Lee. And I talked about you up front of the first hour, the fact the work you're doing, we talked about HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, and the work that all of the prophylactics had been doing and frontline doctors like yourself and, and many others in the nation. And a lot of them took a hit. Uh, people like Dr. Steve Latulip lost their licenses based on trying to really be truthful and, and being truthful with patients that the government did not like. And they hit back against all of that in a hard way. Uh, and we're still seeing the likes of that today. You know, the, the death count we also touched on, uh, Dr. Lee, which was this. Uh, the death count was so, and I reported on this a year ago, Dr. Lee, before the numbers were even like really the numbers like they are now. Like they were using those numbers to scare the hell out of everybody. This was a fear-induced campaign. So the likes of seeing the boogeyman and the monster in your closet when you were four years old, the boogeyman lived in the closet. Now, that's what this whole fear thing was about. This was nonsense. And they took all the deaths. If you went in for a hung nail and you died from a heart attack, you were COVID related and you got a check from the government. Now, what's wrong with that picture? 
Well, there were that there was that aspect of ginning up the death count with <clears throat> extraneous things that weren't COVID to increase the fear factor. But there were also the absolute failures of the CDC, FDA, NIH, and Fauci to treat a viral illness early and to recommend those treatments. They totally suppressed and censored the entire pillar of early treatment of a viral illness. We've always treated viral illnesses in the first few days of symptoms. And they told people, they put it out as NIH guidelines, go home, do nothing until you can't breathe. And, and people died. People died. They ended up on the, what, the respirators, right, Lee? They were on the- Exactly res- right. right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at that, uh, Dr. Lee, if you look at that point you make there, you look at the point of the nursing homes, and then you look at the point of the fudge numbers, and then you want to say, oh my golly, we had X amount of people. You see the hundreds of thousands of people that have died, and we just crossed that line. This was all fear-induced to scare people to know Well, it was fear and policy-induced. It was deliberate policy actions to prevent early treatment. Cuomo is a good example of deliberate actions by by issuing an executive order that nursing home patients could not be sent to the hospital. Reinfected patients or infected patients were sent back to the nursing home in violation of all existing nursing regulations. And he locked down access to hydroxychloroquine that could have treated those patients. He made two deliberate actions that cost those patients there. He murdered a lot of people. I mean, that's not, that's a statement a lot of people would find shocking. In fact, a lot of people believe he should be in jail uh, and he's still uh, uh, putzing around and being sarcastic and getting away with all kinds of things. And and he really does it in the face of all of this as as New York has suffered so badly, the entire state of New York, that uh, New York won't be the same for a very long time. It's not going to be. And New York City, my golly, what he's done, dear. Remember we to call New York City like, oh my God, remember the greatest city ever? Like this was it, right? Right, the Big Apple, right? New York could do it, anybody could do it. It was New York, right? You remember Liza Minnelli singing that song? New York, New York, I mean, that was it, New York. He killed New York, I mean, single-handedly. You know, that that lousy governor and that mayor of the city uh, they destroyed New York. And I, I don't know when it ever comes back. My kids often talk about this. Oh, God, we'd like to go to New York again, Dad. I took them up for a Christmas one time in Manhattan. Um, they had a beautiful Christmas in New York. Uh, obviously, this was before all COVID stuff. I said, guys, you would not recognize New York today. It is not the same at all. And I don't know if it'll be the same in our lifetime. I have no idea. We'll have to see. It's not going to change unless we get new uh, leadership in these roles. I can guarantee you that much. It's, it's absolutely not going to change. Wow, I have enjoyed today's program tremendously. Uh, We've learned a few things in a big way. Also, we've endorsed some of our beliefs that are so vital here. We also always come away with the understanding of the belief that we are on on a fight here of uh, fighting back hostile powers, uh, certainly evil powers. you know, it just depends where your, uh, you know, your, your Richter scale of belief goes, how, how much you, you know, it, it, some of the stuff we start talking about, it really does get to be like the twilight zone. Some of it. it's like, are we really talking about, yeah, we are, but look at where we've been living people. We've been kind of living in the twilight zone, haven't we, in the past uh, year and a half? And actually a lot through the whole Trump term was a weird exercise of uh, political democracy like we hadn't seen before. Well, it's a takedown of a president. It was a coup d'etat. 
Anyway, that's a story for another day. But it was absolutely a coup d'etat, and they, they couldn't get away with that. So they took the next best thing, the handy-dandy virus from China. And they took that and threw that on the people. Pretty sick, if you ask me. But this is what evil does. Evil has no boundaries. Uh, this is when Satan plays this way, and he plays with people like we're talking about here. There are no boundaries, people. They'll do whatever they have to do to take us down. That part I'm absolutely sure of. There are certain things that are non-negotiable. That's one of them right there. The rest of it, uh, there's a lot of unknowns. I'm not saying we know everything exactly. Anyway, you hear from author Michael McCarthy up front of the program. That book is The Rainbow Option. That is available. It is in the America Outlawed bookstore. Uh, by all means, get it there. It's on wherever you get a book from. Uh, you can find that whole series of books that uh, author McCarthy talked about there. But, uh, but do follow up on that. Interesting fellow and the fact that he sees all this stuff coming. Wrote that novel back in 2014 that this would happen in America. <laughs> That's prophetic, people, for sure. And also, uh, the uh, Dr. Bregan here uh, was uh, terrific. Dr. Peter Bregan, both the guests I enjoyed tremendously. His new book now will be coming out, he says in the summertime or so, uh, didn't really know exactly, but that is the COVID-19 and the global predators. We are their prey. Uh, we will certainly have that in the bookstore when it happens. We will have Dr. Peter Bregan back again. He's the kind of cat you need on for a few hours because he can talk and talk. He's... He's as bad as I am. And people like that with all of us, we need time to stretch our wings and to get the story out there. But I, I liked him a lot. He's a really, really uh, terrific guy. Uh, and, and that site, by the way, wearetheprey.com. We are the prey. And I assume he's praying. Uh, uh, I'm sure. I didn't ask him, but I'm sure prey is the way it should be, P-R-E-Y. Although there are times we know we should be P-R-A-Y-N. Uh, but this is P-R-E-Y if we are the prey, right? And that's where you go to get the uh, the, the, the book the, or to get the manuscripts in advance and all, you know, how he said it there. So anyways, we are out of time here. Um, it's a, a joy to have you with me here. Thank you for being on the mission. As always, my fellow Americans, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. And my friends, we all have our marching orders. It's time to get involved and get loud.